0: chilling thrills, unexplained mysteries, and creepy stories that actually occurred. Welcome to episode 7 of Freakier Than Fiction. I'm your host Chad, and each episode together we will dive into the world of the unknown. So, if you're interested in that kind of thing, hit that follow or subscribe button, and that way you won't miss the next freaky installment. As this podcast is intended for mature audiences, Listener discretion is advised. In this episode, we'll be exploring some mysterious and disturbing disappearances in national parks. In the United States national park system alone, there are more than 84 million acres or 35 million hectares of preserved woods, deserts, mountains and other wilderness. So it's no surprise that in the past 100 years there have been a number of cases of hikers going missing. Many of those who vanished were young children and inexperienced hikers. But some were healthy and seasoned outdoors people. But is there more to these disappearances than just kids wandering off or hikers becoming disorientated? What could cause someone to seemingly vanish into thin air? There are two approaches people take to explaining these mysterious disappearances, earthly and supernatural. Most hiking experts would say that these missing hikers make common mistakes, like taking on more than they could handle, or failing to time their turn back to beat the sunset. However, some disappearances have become a focus for urban legend, online message boards, and non-fiction books. In fact, missing 411 author and former police officer at Yosemite National Park, David Politis, thinks something more intriguing is afoot and his books examine more than 1,100 cases of people who have mysteriously vanished in the United States National Park system. The following stories are just some of those cases. Six-year-old Larry Jeffrey disappeared near the peak of the 12,000-foot or 365-meter Mount Charleston in Humboldt, Tiobe National Forest, just a short drive from Las Vegas. The search began immediately after the boy wandered away from his brothers and within days the National Guard and a team of bloodhounds had joined the search. In a TV interview, David Politis told reporter George Knapp that there were no predators afoot that day and since the area they were in was pretty secluded, it was easy to rule out an abduction by car. This boy just walked into oblivion, Politis said at the time. When Jeffrey disappeared, he was wearing light clothing and authorities were doubtful that he would survive the cold temperatures at night in the area. Searchers found and lost his trail a few times and they discovered evidence that the boy had been eating insects and forage berries along the way. Overall, around a 1,000 people searched for 16 days but they never found little Jeffrey. The next case took place in the Olympic National park in northern Washington state and it has a feature that is not as majestic as its mountain views as at least four hikers have mysteriously disappeared from the area in the past 25 years one of whom was 73 year old John Devine. In 1997 Devine planned to hike into the park from Mount Baldy. trail is a tough 24 miles or 39 kilometers and though Devine was elderly, he was an experienced long-distance hiker. Devine was camping with his friend Greg Bolzer and together they went there and they split up on the day that Devine went missing. Bolzer went off to hunt while Devine took off on a day hike from which he never returned. The fruitless search for Divine lasted a full week until a rescue helicopter crash killed three people and injured five others. By that time, weather conditions had deteriorated, making the chances of finding Divine slim. Friends and family said that he wouldn't want to put any other people in danger on his behalf, and thus the search was called off. Search helicopter's crash is just as mysterious as Divine's disappearance, as before takeoff the pilot used hand signals to indicate that he was going to wait five minutes for the conditions in the area to improve before attempting it. A moment later, the helicopter departed vertically without warning and crashed into the side of the mountain. Next story involves that, again, of a small child. Six-year-old Dennis Martin was on a camping trip near the Tennessee-North Carolina state line with his family in the summer of 1969. It was an annual Father's Day tradition. All of the men in the Martin family headed to the Smoky Mountain National Park to camp and hike. Dennis and his brothers had planned a prank on the adults they were going to hide separately in the bush and jump out on different sides of the campsite to scare them. It was a typical joke that should have ended with some startled shouts and then a lot of laughter. The laughter, however, ended quickly though when they realised that Dennis was missing. Family, park rangers and other hikers spread out to search for Dennis almost immediately, but he was nowhere to be found. That evening, there was heavy rainfall, which is bad news when you're trying to track a missing little boy. The search for Martin became the largest in National Park Service history, and one of the people searching for him was park ranger Dwight McCarter, who had successfully tracked down hundreds of missing persons, including young children. McCarter was a seasoned tracker, and he was struck by the complete lack of any sort of tracks, and it seemed to have completely disappeared, leaving no trace behind it all his disappearance is still a mystery to this day one possible lead that the searches didn't follow was the report from another family the evening that the boy went missing the key family allegedly heard a scream and then saw a bare man with something slung over its shoulder that looked like it could be a small child we'll never know whether or not this was related to Martin's disappearance one thing did come out of it the realization that so many volunteers might have meant that some vital clues got trampled on nowadays searches involve less people but they have more training remember the olympic national park well here's another story from that same area the mystery of what exactly happened to 22 year old jacob gray will never likely be solved The athletic young man rode his mountain bike into a rainstorm in Olympic National Park in Washington in April of 2017 and was never seen alive again. His bike and gear were found on the side of a trail but Gray was nowhere to be found. This kicked off a search largely championed by his father Randy who actually sold his house and closed his contracting business so that he could fully devote his time to searching for his son. Randy spent months doing that, all the while theorizing about what could have happened to his child. He considered hyperthermia, accidental drowning, an accident, and so on. He also worried that mental health issues had gotten the best of his son. In August of the same year, he got the phone call that a group of researchers had found Jacob's remains and supplies higher on the mountain than anyone had expected. The likely cause of death was hyperthermia. Next case involves the Green Mountain National Forest near Glastonbury Mountain and Vermont's Long Trail that believers in the paranormal called the Beddington Triangle. The area got this name because of a handful of mysterious disappearances which occurred between 1945 and 1950 although many more have been recorded over the years. Paranormal author Joseph A. Citro coined the term because of the supposedly supernatural circumstances surrounding these vanishings. Paula Weldon was the second person to go missing in that area of Green Mountain National Forest during this period. 18 years old at the time, Weldon was a college student who set out on the Long Trail in December of 1946. She was dressed for walking and not a long hike, wearing jeans, a coat and sneakers. Heard Akaya implied that she planned to return before dark when temperatures were supposed to dip below freezing. Weldon told her roommate that she was taking a long walk and she never returned. Several people spotted her as she hitchhiked her way to the trail and walked to the trailhead. When Weldon didn't come back by dark, Her roommate let the school know, and the search began. Classes were suspended so students could help with the search. The process was disorganized at first until Weldon's father called in favors from police in two surrounding states. Unfortunately, the search didn't pan out, and frustrated family and friends had their own theories about what happened to her. Did Weldon run off with a boyfriend? Was she abducted? Did she commit suicide? or did she die of exposure because of her inappropriate attire? No one has discovered her body, so her disappearance remains a mystery. There is a rumour that this area of the Long Trail is home to a creature called the Beddington Monster. Could this sasquatch-like animal have something to do with the disappearance? There was one positive outcome of the case that and where there was lack of organisation in the search for Paula Weldon. It led to the creation of the Vermont State Police, which is now responsible for all wilderness search and rescue missions in the state. Finally, we come to the case that is of Gabby Petito. Her case, of course, made international headlines when her boyfriend Brian Laundrie returned home from their road trip all by himself. A couple who were posting heavily about their travels on social media had an ambitious schedule of coast-to-coast National Park visits, although several fights between the pair were noticed by others, including the police, along the way. Petito's family said that their last contact with the 22-year-old woman was at the end of August in 2021. Brian arrived home September the 1st without Petito and refused to speak with police or her family. Her family reported her missing on September the 11th after a lengthy lack of contact. In fact, they don't believe that the last text message they received from Petito was actually from her. Sadly, on September the 19th, Petito's remains were found in Tenton National Forest in Wyoming. The cause of death was determined to be strangulation. Brian Laundry then disappeared on September the 17th and, Oct- and on October the 20th, his skeletal remains were found in the Carlton Reserve in Saratosa, Florida. An autopsy report by the medical examiner stated that Mr. Laundry died from a gunshot wound. In a notebook which was found with his remains, Mr. Laundry wrote that he was responsible for Gabby Petita's death, according to, F- to the FBI. Here are some tips if you or anyone else you know is planning to go on an adventure into a national park yourself. Plan your hike and let someone know your plan. This is always the most basic rule. Plan where you're going to hike and tell someone responsible. Take a map, compass and a torch and know how to use the compass. Even if you're doing a trail that is well marked, it never hurts to have a map of the national park just in case. Take plenty of water and food. It doesn't have to be a lot of food, but carry something with you just in case you get off the trail or that a rest- that you were anticipating at the end of it is closed you need to have something to sustain yourself in case something goes wrong conscious of when the sunset is and how long your hike takes make sure that you're back well before the sun sets notice how busy your trail is if you seem alone on a trail take extra precautions remain on the trail you may be tempted to cut through the bush to a waterfall but stay on the planned route to avoid getting lost. Be aware of wildlife. People who hike together make noise and often scare off wildlife. Hiking solo is a quiet activity which means there may be more risk of encountering wildlife. This is usually a good thing, but sometimes things go wrong if you're not aware of your surroundings. Take note of your landmarks. Take in your surroundings and enjoy the beauty but be mindful of landmarks that can help guide you back if you become lost. And if you can, take a GPS beacon. These assist emergency services to locate you should you become lost and have no mobile phone reception. Thank you so much for listening to the Freakier Than Fiction podcast. If you got something out of today's episode, then please hit that follow or subscribe button and that way you won't miss the next freaky installment. I'd love your feedback from the living and those from beyond, so please take the time to leave a review. Five stars is always awesome. And tell me what you'd like to cover in upcoming episodes. Thanks to everyone who's been giving me their feedback so far. I really appreciate it. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Freakier Fiction, or one word. Or on Facebook, which is at Freakier Than Fiction Podcast. Again, all one word. I now also have a Reddit community, which is called Freakier Than Fiction. A link to that page can be found on the Facebook page, so make sure to give it a follow. I do make sure to read all my direct messages and answer them personally. But until next time, take care out there and be aware.